We are back. Another episode of Too Many Men Sports Podcast here. And we are social distancing, in a sense. You and I are on Lake Wall and Paw Pack in yep. Pennsylvania. And we are social distancing from the rest of the crew, who is in New Jersey. Zach, John, Tom, all in New Jersey. And it's me and Tyler Dyes. Yep. How you doing? Everybody? And uh, there's sports on, man. Yeah, there are. Basketball. NBA started last night. Started games mm. that m- matter. NHL they, they starts were both tomorrow. Most games too. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about them because uh, it seemed to come full circle last night with <laughs> Rudy Gobert. But oh. before we get to that, uh, we have three games postponed today in Major League Baseball. Two uh, members of the St. Louis Cardinals tested positive for the coronavirus, and one more positive test within the Miami Marlins organization. Games postponed today, Brewers, Cardinals, Blue Jays, Phillies, and Mariners, uh, uh, Marlins, Nationals. I woke up to this news, and the first thing I thought was, it's spreading now from team to team. Well, the Cardinals never played a team that was positive, right? They're just kind of sprouting up on their own. Yeah, it's either that or... Because Arizona is Yeah, such, they didn't play a team that... They, yeah, they're just sprouting up on its own. I think Arizona is just Arizona, and they're having a lot of problems right now. So I think that might be why Arizona's seeing the two cases that they have. They St. Really Louis. They figure out some kind of, Oh, St. Louis. My bad. Do you know where St. Louis is? Yes, it's it not is. in Arizona. No, it's not okay. in Arizona. That's my bad. I was thinking of the Arizona Cardinals, the football team. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no. Uh, but, you know, these players could be going out. They could be getting it anywhere. You, you know, you're going to get it somehow. And, you know, when you have – a lot of these baseball teams have, like, kids on them. And when you get a kid with a lot of money who wants to go out and party with his friends, there's really not a lot you can do to stop him except put him in a bubble. And that's where the problem lies. The MLB refused to go into the bubble. The MLB, uh, the NBA and the NHL both in the bubble, succeeding, thriving. And the baseball players just won't go in the bubble. I know, I see it. There's boats out on the water. This is really luxury here. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. it's beautiful up here. And... This is where we're starting our, our seasons. This is where we're starting the resuming of sports for us, really. Yeah, yeah. Although baseball started a week ago, Aaron Judge hit a nuke last night to win the game for the Gorgeous. Yankees. Gotta love it. If the season finishes. Which I do not like its chances of finishing. They really need to just halfway through go into a bubble. And I know it'd be a pain in the ass. You can still play games even though you're in the bubble. And I feel like baseball would be the easiest sport to do it with. You know what I mean? Like, there are baseball fields in every town in America. And they don't need, like, they just need one baseball field that yeah, can kind of match it, the standards. It's the amount of personnel a baseball team brings with it that really is where the problem lies. That's, uh, it's just, it's not smart to be having these games, to be playing and not worrying about all this stuff. It's just not, it's not smart. No. And but it's where we are. It's the reality of the situation. It, the bubble was talked about, and for the MLB at least, as far back as May, the bubble was brought up. Yeah. They were going to do it where? Arizona? Yeah, and the players shot that down because, it, let's call it what it really was, Mike Trout didn't want to go. He's the biggest star the yeah. league has. And when you take out somebody who's that marketable out of the equation, it makes the MLB look at it and want to change the whole plan, which See, is what they did. And I understand why Mike Trout didn't want to do it. He's got a new kid that just got, you know, he was just born, what, a couple months ago? Yeah. 
so he wanted to be home with his child. That I completely understand that. Good. But at the same time, now you're putting the entire league at risk. And I don't know if the MLB can survive not having a season because of COVID and mishandling it this badly. Now, today, uh, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred told the MLBPA Executive Director Tony Clark uh, that if the sport does not do a better job of managing the coronavirus, it could shut down for the entire season. That's courtesy of Jeff Passan at ESPN. And it, it the, at least the commissioner of baseball is acknowledging it's a problem because he went on on the MLB Network during the whole Marlins outbreak and said this isn't the doomsday scenario. We were expecting cases and now that it's spread to another team now there's another team in a different section of the country that has this problem you wonder what happens if it hits the west then we could have a whole day where every game is postponed which it's not what the mlb needs it's not good at all and it's really just it's as simple as putting in place uh something like a drug test where the drug test screening is handled not only by the team, but by the MLB itself. So when they do the COVID tests, the MLB needs to be involved somehow with the results of these tests. If the MLB is there and they look at it and they say, okay, yeah, this is the result of the test. You're all good to go. You're all negative. You can play this you know, tomorrow, whatever the hell the game is. And if some people are positive, they'd be like, okay, if it's, I think, what, more than two people, it's considered an outbreak on the team? Or more yeah. than three people or yeah, something it, like that? It depends on uh, when they do the tracing. If it, it could fit to that there's going to be an outbreak within the clubhouse. Yeah. So, but they need to be more serious. And I think, really, one of the biggest problems is these players aren't taking it very seriously. You see some players sitting in the dugout with masks on. Some players are even playing with masks on, which is... Above and beyond, in my opinion, going out on the field. It, it's it's great, though, to see that. It's wonderful. And some players are sitting in the stands instead of sitting in the dugouts when they're not playing. Some of the pitchers and stuff, so that they're not all crunched together. It's good. They're social distancing. They're being responsible. But I feel like other players are going to have that mindset of, I'm not going to get it. And even if I do, I'll be fine. And so they're going out. They're, now, they're going to bars, clubs, whatever. The league gave everybody, from the players to management to everybody in between, a 113-page operations manual telling each player what the guidelines are in this unprecedented situation. And state and local governments are pressuring baseball about players who are skirting the mandates. Mm-hmm. If players are not following what's written down in the operations manual, you have to start to question how serious the players are taking this and whether or not they really care about playing out this season. Yeah, that, and you really just have to take a look at what you're doing to punish these players who are skirting the mandate. You have a mandate, great. It's written out on paper, wonderful. Are they actually listening to it? Because if they're not, then you have to punish those people that aren't. They all agreed, and you know the NHLPA agreed to follow this mandate, and if you're not going to follow it, you have to get suspensions. And if not, removal from the season. Because you're just hurting the chances of the MLB to continue. And once other players see, oh shit, you know, he's not playing 10 games. In a 60-game season, that's like not playing a third of the season. Like, that's insane. You know, or, you know, it's just, it's as easy as suspending some players. If they do it again, throwing them out. Saying, alright, you're not playing this season. See you next season. And that's a year off your contract. 
Uh, of This is courtesy of ESPN. Of the 11,895 samples taken over the past week, there were 29 positive tests, 20 by players, and 9 by staff members. When you look at it and you hear the number of the samples they tested, it doesn't sound like a lot. But when 18 of those 29 are in one organization and they have to stop playing all together, it fucks up the whole schedule. It messes up the rest of the league. I honestly the MLB the just approved seven inning double headers yeah. because they're anticipating games being canceled and a situation where teams will have to play. Let's say they had six games in three days, double header, double header, double header. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's ridiculous. It's just stupid. It's really stupid, and it's it's really not hard to just focus up, get serious, and. I, you're getting millions of dollars. Yeah. Some of the, you know, some of these players, granted, aren't making millions. They're making hundreds of thousands. But still, that's a lot of money that you're just going to yeah. throw away because you don't feel like social distancing and wearing a mask and not if you going didn't, out. If you didn't feel like following the guidelines, you should have opted out of the damn season. Yeah. Because you ruining it is going to ruin it for everybody else in the league, everybody who wanted to play, everybody who's willing to follow those, follow those guidelines to play. And some of these guys, like I said, they're taking it very seriously, and it's good to see. I think the MLB should take it a little step further. They should make it mandated that when you're in the dugout, you have to be wearing a mask unless you're drinking water because I think that would be really good. I don't think players need to wear it during the game, but if they want to, great. And you see some of these players are playing fine with the mask on. Like Frazier is just hitting bombs with the mask on. Let's look at a little bit of a lighter side of baseball, and this is a decision you, I know, disagree with. Joe Kelly oh. throws behind uh, what, Carlos Correa, mm-hmm. and uh, no, no, he threw behind uh, Bregman. He hit Correa, right? No, no, he struck out Correa and then told him, "Nice swing, bitch." All right, who did he hit? He hit Bregman after he threw behind him. Okay. Or they just awarded him the base for some reason. Oh no, no, no. No, uh, he hit him. It was a three-zero pitch. He threw behind him, and that was the ball for a walk. Oh, okay. That's what that was. But one of the players he hit. Didn't he? he didn't he actually didn't hit, hit Bregman. Anybody? No. Oh, I thought he did. Joe Kelly throws behind Bregman, looks at Carlos Correa after he strikes out and says, nice swing, bitch. Dusty Baker's yelling from the dugout. <laughs> and the MLB turns around and suspends pitcher Joe Kelly of the Los Angeles Dodgers eight games. Get fucked. Over a 60-game season. Eight games. That's like getting suspended. I think it was like 20. Yeah, that's the equivalent more. of like 22 games in a regular season. Like, wh- how can you do that? <sighs> You chose not to discipline the players who cheated. Right. It is baseball is full of unwritten rules. Mm-hmm. And the players, if there is no discipline, will discipline the other players themselves. Yes. Joe Kelly took matters into his own hands, <laughs> was speaking for every single baseball fan outside of Houston, Texas, when he threw behind Alex Bregman and then uh, gave like a pouty lip to Carlos Correa after striking him out. Nice swing, bitch. Yeah. Uh, I would have had so much more to say, too. I'd have been like, oh, what, the garbage can didn't tell you that one was coming? <laughs> and the Dodgers argue that Kelly has trouble with his command, wasn't on purpose. I mean... You could say that. You could. I don't think so. I think he, I think he threw behind him on purpose, per, uh, personally. <laughs> Do you think he was aiming at him? Just missed. Yeah, that might have been <laughs> it. Actually, he did miss, and... Uh, 
<laughs> he you meant to hit him. him. <laughs> oh, sh- oh shit, man. Sorry. I, for- I-, I meant to hit you. <laughs> I missed. It's a joke. It's a complete joke. And it's. I really feel like it falls in the commissioner's head and just shows how shittily he handled that whole situation. I understand it would have taken years to figure out what happened and get the actual true story and blah, 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 blah. And it would have just been he said, she said, and all this. And then you gave all the players immunity. Yeah, and you only punished the managers who were involved in it and the general manager of the Astros who was involved in it. And uh, the Mets manager. The only player who really suffered from this was Carlos Beltran, who wasn't disciplined by the league at all. He just got fired from the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. I... It's just so stupid. Like, they cheated. They deserve everything they're going to get. Yeah. They're going to be the most hit-by-pitch team in the MLB this year, and that's not even a a question in my mind. It's going to happen, and they're going to make it look like an accident, a lot of these pitchers, especially after seeing this eight-game suspension for Kelly, which is complete bullshit. They're going to make it look like an accident, and there's going to be a big problem if the league doesn't let these players get their anger out. Yeah, they had the chance to prevent this. Mm-hmm. You can't do nothing and then get mad when the players try to discipline the game. It shouldn't have to come from the players. And the commissioner saying, "Oh, I'm going to crack down on you know throwing at the Astros yeah. players." Get fucked. Uh, let's move to uh, basketball and hockey. They're back. We got the Jazz and Pelicans last night, and the league came full circle. The man who single-handedly, sh- well, not single-handedly, he had a single-handedly. lot of, he had a lot of help from the coronavirus. Uh, the man who shut down sports, Ru- Rudy Gobert, mm-hmm. scored the first point last night in the NBA's return to the regular season, and the game-winning points for the Jazz against the Pelicans. Yep, the team that the NBA has tried so hard. To get into oh, the playoffs. Oh, yeah, this is the season. Zion tournament. It's Zion's the reason why this is this tournament's happening. <laughs> yeah, the only reason is because they want Zion Williamson, Williamson in the playoffs. Zion, who only played 15 minutes last night. Well, he's hurt. Well, he, he hasn't practiced. But there's a there comes a point where you got to put your best players in. Yeah. Especially when you're a team that Pel- the Pelicans are trying to qualify for a playoff spot mm-hmm. in these games. They're down 16. Uh, they're, they're up 16. And Utah comes storming back without Zion Williamson on the floor. You don't even see that and go, we're fighting for a spot here. We might have to throw Zion back in. Well, it happened a lot. Uh, I know this is going to sound kind of weird as a comparison, but when MJ was hurt uh, in the 90s, he hurt his foot. And they didn't want him coming back. It was yeah. like his third year in the league or something. He had cracked a bone in, in his foot. In the 80s. Yeah. Well, it was, it was the early 90s. I think it was 90. It would be his first, or 89. It was his first playoff run, it would have been. But he was hurt, and they didn't want him to go back, and they were they had him on limited time. So they literally had a guy on the sideline with a stopwatch timing it every time he'd go in, and they'd click it. And then he every time at 15 minutes, you're out. And he would get so mad. It was the last game of the season, and it would have let them clinch a playoff spot. They were down by one. He had used up his final time. There was 13 seconds left in the game. He's screaming at the coach, put me back in. Coach is saying, they told me they will fire me if I put you back in. He went, it's just one, like, it's three seconds. Just put me back in so I can win this game. They happened to win the game. Yeah, and uh, the GM's then banging on the door of the locker room because uh, the head coach, I forget the friggin' head coach's name, (laughs) wasn't following uh, directions. No. (laughs) <laughs> and then they, they just locked the door. 
the good. last dance. I know you're just watching it now. Yeah. But the last so dance coming out now. It was the '86 season. It was '86. Yeah. I thought it was. Okay. No. Yeah. No. You're so right. the last dance coming out now. Uh, are you watching it now? Yeah. It's on Netflix. It now. feels like so long ago since it came out. I know. It feels. Uh, it feels like ages ago. It was only a month and a half ago. Well, you remember Tiger King? That feels that like right years ago. It. That was right before. Yeah. Like I mean, what, two weeks before it, that came out, and the Tiger King swept the nation. Yeah. That just shows you how bored we all are. But I I disagreed with. I disagree with the Jordan decision. I think Jordan should have played. Yeah, definitely. I disagree with the Zion uh, position because it's it's not – it wasn't an injury. Just he was out and hadn't practiced with the team. So they put a minutes restriction on him at 15 minutes. I, I mean – He wasn't doing great, but he was an offensive figure or a defensive figure. He was just there, and the other team knew it, and they could feel it. Yeah. He was just a presence. It, it – even if he's a decoy, you still got to put a body on him. Yeah. It does not matter. And it's the, he's that much of a force inside. The paradigm shifted when Zion came out. The Jazz got to come back from a 16-point deficit, and they tore up the Pelicans. Yeah. Great game at the end. It was amazing. Good thing I didn't bet it. Because <laughs> I was going to bet the Pelicans. The Pels were coming back. They were like they were down. And they they were had up. the chance. Ingram took oh. the shot at the end of the game to win, and he missed. So close. Uh, the second game of the night wasn't bad either. I didn't get a chance to watch all of it. I watched some of it. Lakers, Lakers Clippers. Clippers. The way that game ended was fantastic. The ageless wonder, LeBron James, <laughs> shutting down Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the Clippers' final possession of the game to grab the win for the LA Lakers. Dominance. Pure dominance is all that was. <laughs> he, he walked up to Kawhi and just stared him down. And Kawhi knew he didn't have a shot, so he kicked it back to Paul George. Braun, without missing a beat, just walks straight up to Paul George and makes it so he can't pass the ball, has to shoot. And then Paul takes a shot and bricks it. Now, I'm not a huge LeBron fan, but I sit back here and I look and go, how? <laughs> how does it keep happening? At what, 37 now? Yeah. How? He's, he's, he's dominant, and everybody knows it. And he's just he's got that king mentality. That's you know He calls himself the king. He's 35. He's in his 35. 17th okay, year. sorry. Somehow so he's long. just as dominant in his seventeenth year than he was in his like fifth year. Yeah. Or four or even second year he was pretty friggin' dominant. He had sixteen points last night. Didn't shoot particularly great. He was six for out nine. Of high school, right? Yeah. Ugh. Didn't shoot particularly great. Six for nineteen. But first game back after a four month layoff. Yeah. And he just. basically secures the win on the defensive side of the ball for the mm-hmm. Lakers. It, it's just it it's a, he's a marvel. It's something I love to see though. Because with the way the game has developed today, you don't see a lot of guys that are really good on both sides of the ball. It's it's him, Kawhi's really good on both sides of the ball, mm-hmm. and then really after that, if you're looking for an elite player on offense and defense, it takes a bit of a drop. You look at a Russell Westbrook, who's a very good defensive player, but there's well, a drop. You know, Zion's coming up. He's starting to look yeah. like he's going to be that kind of guy. But it's just it's rarer and rarer and rarer to see that. Like... Again, going back to Jordan's days, if you couldn't play defense, you didn't play basketball. Yeah. If you couldn't go up to a guy and body him and just beat him in the paint, then you weren't allowed to play. Pippen, Jordan, all those guys. You on the needed Bulls to team. have that defensive ability because, great. If you go out there and you score points, fine, great. But you need to be able to keep points out of your own basket. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, your value is minuscule to the team. 
But nowadays, you got guys like Steph Curry, which I'm not knocking on Steph James Curry. James Harden. But these guys can't play defense the way they they need to. Yeah. They go out there, and they'll get crossed up, and then it's like, oh, ha-ha, look. Well, look. James Harden doesn't, doesn't haul back on defense. No, not at all. And then you get Curry, who every other week it seems like there's a game, well, when the season was on, there's a game highlight of Curry getting crossed up, and he's falling over. A player who's borderline that LeBron-Kawhi category is Rudy Gobert to me. Multiple time defensive player of the year. It's just the recognition isn't as high because he's a big man. Yeah. He gets points, he gets buckets, he gets boards. It's just the recognition isn't there because A, there's no real star of that Utah team. You can make the argument for Donovan Mitchell, but he doesn't have the star status that a James Harden, a Russell Westbrook, a yeah. Steph Curry, Kawhi, LeBron have. Mm-hmm. And they haven't won anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's definitely that that also hurts part of it. But I mean, when you have a wingspan that's the biggest in the entire league, you're gonna be able to get the yeah. boards, oh, block of shots. An up and uh, up and comer that I've been keeping my eye on recently, and I know he's set the sports world on fire. Bull Bull. Oh man, tearing it seven up right foot now. two Bull Bull. <laughs> I love it. Just athletic. He's he's just in your face every second of the game. I want a little Bull Bull. Uh, J- uh, not Jason Tatum. Bull Bull, Taco Fall, matchup in the paint. I want to see how that goes. <laughs> He's so skinny, but he is so fluid with the ball. He is. And I think once he gets a little bit of meat on those bones, just like Taco Fall, if they don't bulk up, they're going to get hurt quick. The lifespan for a player of that build isn't a very long time. Like, Manute Bull didn't have a very long career uh, in the NBA. Manute Bull was Bull Bull's dad. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a long career, but he had that lasting impression just because of how big he was. He was listed at 7'6 or 7'7, which is ridiculous. Oh, he did have a longer career. He played He played seven years in the NBA. Yeah. No, he played ten. He played ten years in the NBA. That's, that's a good amount But of there time. is some risk there when you take a player of that size because they are more susceptible to injury. It's a risk, but when a player like Bol Bol plays... 7'2 is a good height. It's a great height, because especially for basketball. It's tall enough to be dominant over everybody else on the court, but it's short enough that you're not a complete risk. Taco Fall, what is he, 7'6"? Yeah, he's tall, man. Taco is at that height where it's almost like... He's 7'6". He, yeah, he looks like he's going to get snapped in half every time he gets the ball. Bull Bull doesn't have that problem. He looks like he's a player that's 6'6", out there tearing it up. The, the, but then he plays like a 7'2". The lineup that the Denver Nuggets put out there last week for the exhibition game had Bull Bull, you had uh, Jokic. Your whole lineup was 6'8 and over. Yeah, that's just what, what, Jokic was playing guard. Yeah, that's not fair. What? <laughs> Another... It's, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, it's, it's just really cool to see Bull Bull just out there tearing it up when... He was kind of looked at as like not that kind of player, and the coach is talking him up in the media. I love, I love to see it. Yeah. Um, another thing I've been impressed with, and this goes under both the NBA and NHL bubble. I've been impressed with the way players have been handling themselves. They are keeping well. They are staying in shape. They are staying active and really in their social justice fight and in just their social media presence whatsoever uh, overall. But the pace of play for both of these leagues has been phenomenal. For teams coming off layoffs of four months, they are out there flying. Now let's take hockey, for example. The play was a little sloppy, yes. Mm -hmm. But now they have a game under their belt. The playoffs start tomorrow. The qualifying round begins. Um, 
it's been really fast. You might see a lot of fire wagon hockey, a lot of high-scoring games, and it might come down to who has the better goaltender because chances are going to be high, I believe. It's also really fun to watch because you get these guys that you've kept them away from hockey for four months. A lot of players, that's the longest they've ever been. That That's the longest they've been away for hockey in like five years, six years, Oh, probably seven since years. they were kids. Yeah, so it's just they're ready to go. They're gearing up. You're seeing fights already in these Bra- nothing Brian games. Boyle fight Mikhail Sergachev. Yeah. A beef that goes back two years to the 2018 playoffs. It's just so much fun to watch, and you know they're going to keep doing that. They're going to keep going, and when it's a series and you're seeing these guys, you know, three times a week, they're going to be beating the piss out of each other, and it's awesome. Another thing I noticed last night in the NBA game, the last names, they, each player has their own message on their last, uh, where their last name would be. Yep. And they made sure to differenti- uh, differentiate, at least with the Lakers and Clippers, players who kept their last name on the back of their jerseys, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Paul George, they put the last name under the number. Yeah. For the statement, they put it above the number. Yes. And it just helps you tell which, which is which. And you can actually read. You're not just glossing over like, ah, oh, 13, that's whoever, Paul George. You look, oh, his last name's there. And then you look at somebody, I'm trying to think of somebody who has the last name on those teams. Um, who actually had their last name on the jersey? No, no, no. Somebody who had uh, a message in, instead of the last name on their jersey. Oh, um, well, I know in the Pelicans game. Yeah, there was, there was a few. There was a lot of them. Yeah, uh, uh, Zion Williamson has peace. Uh, Drew Holiday has say her name, I believe, for Breonna Taylor. Somebody had... Uh, Oh, who was it? I think Rudy Gobert had something on there, too, on his jersey. It, it's just great that these leagues, because the NBA announced today, not, uh, the NHL announced today their We Skate For initiative, where uh, players on their sweaters will have custom messages. and uh, Not in the name spot, though. It's I just, don't know. I don't think it's going to I don't be. think so, either. I think it's going to be, like, on the sleeve. But there's going to be messages there. There's going to be... They're going to have their We Skate for Black Lives Matter on the boards or on the seating, like the tarps over the seating. And the NBA has it all over the court, which is great. It, it's it's nice that the leagues are allowing their players to be vocal while still being – they're basically in their own little world right now yep. in their bubbles, but they're still having such a great effect on the world outside of the bubble. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see the leagues allow the players to do that. Yeah, and it's, it's great to see all these people. Finally, it's – the league is finally letting them speak out because for years now, all the leagues, the NFL, the MLB, the NHL, the NBA, they've kind of kept their players under thumb. Like, basically, the players knew not to get too out of line or they could get in trouble. You go back to MJ and his famous uh, Republicans buy uh, Nikes too. So it's, you know, you go, you go back there and that was the mentality back in the day. But now it's kind of more, you have this platform, use it. And I like to see that. So we're going to wrap this episode, but before we do, I just saw something on Twitter. This is from Scott Miller. Uh, each MLB team was sent a four-page memo. Uh, each club must identify a compliance officer who will travel with the club to help oversee player players for the following protocols. From staying out of hotels and bars to... Ga- to uh, gatherings to not high-fiving okay 
And the MLB internal investigation found the Miami Marlins were very lapsed in their following protocols during the Atlanta trip last week. Players going out, players in hotel bar, etc. Lots of MLB people are very unhappy with the way the Miami Marlins and Miami Marlins players were handling that situation last week. This is what I was saying the whole time at the beginning of the episode. Just go back and listen. I mean... I, I was saying they need the MLB needs to step in. They need to have somebody that's going to monitor the situation. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. And now what you need to see is some of these players, the Marlins specifically, get punished for their actions. They get punished. Now we'll see some pl- people starting to straighten up. So we got some stuff coming uh, here soon. A new podcast from the mind of Zach Riley, diving into the Mets and his woes. The Mets lost again last night to the Boston Red Sox. So he's going to be coming out here with a new podcast soon. It's, I believe it's going to be on the uh, Too Many Men feed, so you can find it here. And uh, I'm coming out with a blog sometime next month, sometime in August, and uh, we'll get that out to you shortly. So thank you for joining us for an episode of Too Many Men. You can find our podcast episodes anywhere podcasts are listened to. And uh, we will see you next Tuesday for another episode. Bye, everybody.